Merry Christmas! Will you stand with us and let's sing together. We're so thankful that you've chosen to set aside some time to be here this morning. Let's sing and praise our Savior while we are here together.
Man, thank you guys for that awesome song. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Welcome to the Lord's house. Matthew 1.23 reads, look, with an exclamation mark. The virgin will conceive a child, exclamation mark. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Aren't you glad that Jesus came to dwell among us and be our Savior and give us the gift of eternal life? Amen. Yeah. We're here to celebrate that today. We welcome you to the Lord's house. Thank you for being here. To our guests who are joining us, we welcome you. We want to meet you right after this service. In fact, we have a gift for you. So if you will go into our lobby at the end of service, you'll see a connect counter. Stop by there and uh, see us, okay? We want to meet you, and thank you again for being here. Let's all stand. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer, and then we're going to continue worshiping. Lord, we love you. It's a privilege to be in your house today. Thank you that you came to dwell among us. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Today, Lord, we want you to be glorified and honored in all that is said and done. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you welcome those around you? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.
I just pray that you will help us to simplify our activities, all of our traditions as we focus and celebrate your birth. I thank you for being the Prince of Peace. Lord, we ask that with supernatural peace, you'll reign in our hearts. Lord, we thank you for the simple but changing message of your love for us. In Jesus' holy and precious name, we pray. Amen. As the team leaves the stage, you can be seated, yeah. We're going to sing just one verse of Silent Night. Will you join us? Silent Night.
Amen. Thank you, Miss Carla. Good to see you this morning. Are you having a good Christmas day? Fantastic. Glad that you're with us today at this combined service. Man, it's great to see both praise teams together. They had to introduce themselves to each other because they, you know. And uh, I've noticed that some of y'all are not sitting in your normal seat. That's because people from the other service beat you to their seat, right? I'm, I was hoping there was no fist fights going on in here before I got in here. So glad that you're here for this combined worship service on Christmas Day. Let's give Jesus a big hand because it's all about him. He is the reason that we are here. At the birth of Jesus, there was this explosion of joy. The angel announced to the fearful shepherds, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that shall be for all people. The reason joy is such a huge part of the birth of Jesus Christ is because it was such a huge part of the life that Jesus Christ came to give you and I. And the joy of Christmas is nothing less than the joy of knowing and loving Jesus Christ. I want you to see that from a different perspective. Look with me at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8. Here's what Peter wrote. Though you have not seen him, talking of Jesus, you love him. We've never seen Jesus face to face, have we? But we love him, don't we? Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him right now, you believe in him. Amen? And are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. Yes. However, you, you tell me, when was the last time somebody walked up to you and said, wow, you must be filled with inexpressible and glorious joy because I just see it radiating in your face. Sometimes I wonder if those things even characterize our life. But they should. As believers, they should. This joy is ours, even in the face of suffering. Because when Peter wrote this, he wrote to people who were suffering for the sake of Christ. And as others see this joy in us, it causes them to wonder about the source of that joy and we have the opportunity to point them to the giver of life and to the giver of this mega joy, Jesus. Over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about the joy that is found in knowing God. First, the joy in serving God. We saw that all over the life of Mary as a teenage girl, she gave birth to Jesus Christ. And then last week, we talked about the joy of sharing Jesus. Today I want to conclude this little Christmas series talking about the joy we find in seeking after Jesus Christ, the joy in seeking the Lord. It really is interesting how God puts a longing in our hearts for Jesus Christ. You know what, I've just got to believe that some of you came today because of that very reason. There, there is a hunger inside of your heart for something that this world has not been able to give to you. And, and you've looked high and low for it, but you've never found 
the source of true joy. And so God drew you to himself today to come here to Kavanaugh Church to hear about this inexplicable and glorious joy that only Jesus Christ can give us. You know, the New Testament tells us of some very unlikely characters who came seeking the Savior, and it resulted in them finding this great joy. So turn with me this morning to Matthew chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 1. This incident occurs sometimes after the birth of Christ. Uh, We're going to see that Joseph, Mary, and baby Jesus are no longer in a stable. They are now in a house. So this could have occurred maybe a few months after his birth. Some think perhaps even longer than that. Let me read Matthew chapter 2 beginning in verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. And this is what they were saying. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. And not only Herod, but all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said to them, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me so that I may go and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them until it stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country, and they went an entirely different way. Amen? And may God add his blessings to the reading of his word. You know, again, it, it is so interesting how God puts a longing in our hearts for Jesus. Because Jesus is the only one who can truly satisfy that longing in your heart. It, it, it's not something that comes to us naturally. It is part of the awakening that God does in the human heart that causes people like you and me to seek him. And when we seek him, we find him. And when we find Jesus, we find that missing link we've been looking for. And we find true joy. I've got a really short sermon for you today. Only two little points. And the first one is this. There is real joy that comes into our our hearts when we find Jesus. Matthew chapter 2 verse 10. 
when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. That word, great joy, is the same word used in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, good news of great joy. The Amplified Bible says they were thrilled with ecstatic joy. The word literally means mega joy. I remind you that this joy is an internal experience that comes from the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Maybe in this service, the Holy Spirit is going to move on your heart, and you're going to have this internal experience of finding the joy of the Lord. But the thing about it is this, it just can't stay inside of us. This joy just cannot abide in our hearts alone. It has to find expression externally as we praise the Lord with our lips and with our life. If you look carefully, you're going to notice there are three kinds of people represented in our story. And all three of these people, different groups of people, respond to this joy in a different way. And I think that's somewhat remarkable, Mason, because it represents all of us who are here in this room. So who are the three groups of people and what are their responses to this mega joy of Jesus? Number one, you find those who are desperate for the activity of God. The wise men in Matthew chapter 2 are examples of people who are hungering and thirsting after God. Their hearts are awakened by a loving God. They are seeking something different in their life, something this world does not provide, this world doesn't offer. And so they come hungry for the activity of God. Again, I have to just believe that some of you in this room are in that category. You, you realize that there is something missing in your life. And so today, you came to God's house looking for that, that, that thing that will fill the empty spot in your heart. Here's what I believe after reading the entire Word of God. God made us with this God-sized void in our heart. It's like our, our hearts are this, this puzzle and there's a missing piece there. And Jesus is the only piece that fits to make our hearts complete. And so like these wise men, some of you are here today looking for real satisfaction in life. You, you've tried all the synthetic substitutes this world has to offer and you've come up with zero Nada, nothing, because the world can't really satisfy. Secondly, there are those who are really threatened by the activity of God. Look at verse 3. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. After all, King Herod was given at his coronation the title, King of the Jews, and now here these guys came from the east snooping around talking about another king of the Jews. And if you read on down in Matthew chapter 2, you'll find out that this threat caused Herod to do some very atrocious things. In fact, he had all the baby boys from two years old and under in and around Bethlehem murdered because they were a threat to him. There are people in this world today who are threatened by the things of God. 
and they continue to attack Christianity and the Bible and those of you who are followers of Jesus because Jesus threatens their lifestyle. Number three, there are those who are insensitive to the activity of God. Look with me at verses four through six. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where this Christ was to be born. So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Now, church, this is flat out amazing to me. But the more I think about it, the more I see that this could happen really easy in our lives and for most of us who are in this room today. Do you see what is happening here? The king wants a report, and he wants it right now. Where is this Messiah to be born? The Jewish leaders know their Bible. They're religious people. So they pull out their super saint study Bible, and they say, well, see, it's right here. Bethlehem is where the Messiah is to be born. That's where all of this is going to come down. But where were they? Let me tell you, they were not in Bethlehem. They were in Jerusalem. Why were they not camped out in Bethlehem waiting for the activity of God where all of this was predicted to happen? Particularly since we see some guys from the east showing up saying, we saw his star in the east. Why didn't they jump up and run down to Bethlehem? Why are they still sitting there in Jerusalem? Well, my suspicion is that they were so locked into their religious ruts. Watch out. So desensitized by this religious routine that they found themselves that they no longer had any day-to-day communion with God. It, it was like they were on another planet, spiritually speaking. I'm amazed that in this story, there are so-called pagan people who are hungry for the activity of God, so hungry for God that they travel perhaps hundreds of miles to Bethlehem for Persia, and that there are people supposedly God's very own people who are so out of touch with what God is doing that they would not walk 10 miles from Jerusalem down to Bethlehem to rejoice in what God was doing in our world. But here's the deal. I know how easy it is for Christians, people just like you and me, to get stuck in our own religious ruts. We wake up in the morning and we read our Bible. Why? Because we were challenged 12 months ago to read it through in 22. And I've got this obligation to read through the Bible. We get caught up in the rut of coming to church week after week. But, but somewhere in the midst of it all, the joy has left us. The, the joy has been sucked right out of our hearts because our love for Jesus Christ has grown cold and we no longer seek him like we once did. Guys, let me tell you, that joy needs to come back into your heart. 
And that joy will return when you allow your own life to be captivated by God and you are caught up in all the great things God is doing in our world and in the River Valley and right here at Kavanaugh Church. Well, the Holy Spirit is teaching us one more thing in this passage. Number two, there is this love that flows out of our lives when we begin to worship God. Joy always comes mixed with love. They're twin sisters. Love and joy. Remember 1 Peter 1.8? Though you have not seen him, It's going to come back on, don't worry. I'm just testing you. And you are filled with this inexpressible and glorious joy. Now, this love flows from my head. That's where it starts. It flows from my head. It's clear that these seekers, these wise men, they were called wise men for a reason, you know. It's clear that these seekers had applied their minds to the search of spiritual truths. In fact, the Bible tells us we are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We are to love God with a sagacity of love. In fact, it really starts in our minds as we read the Christmas story that God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. And that Jesus, out of love for you and me, willingly climbed on top of Calvary's cross and allowed your sins, my sins, the sins of the whole world to be placed upon his body as he shed his life's blood to save you from your sins. I read that, I process that, I understand that, and with my mind, I believe it's true. God gave you a mind for a reason. Sometimes when we come to church, we just turn our brains off. We think it's all emotions. No, emotions are a part of it, but it starts in the head. I know what God has done for me, and because I've processed this, I know how much he loves me. And in return, I love him. This love flows from our heads, and then it gets down into our hearts. These wise men allowed their hearts to be moved. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. They adored Jesus with their heart. Let your heart be filled up with joy. That's where the emotion begins. It starts in our heads, but it flows down to our hearts. And that affects everything. It ought to be affecting your face right now. Because joy is in our heart. But it doesn't stop there. It starts in my head, it flows through my heart, and then it goes out my hands. Look at verse 11a. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down. That is, literally, they fell down, and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Here's what happens. Joy always causes us to open our hands and release our treasures to God. 
Because we know with our minds what he has done for us, and we know with our heads who he is, and he has so changed our hearts and our lives, we cannot but help open our hands and give our very best to Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, Christmas is all about giving, right? So let me just stop here and ask you, have you already done all the gifts? Have you exchanged gifts? Is, no, some, some of you are shaking your heads, no, that, that's coming maybe this afternoon, or you're just holding off till next Christmas, and going <laughs> to have a big one then. I've, I've almost lost count in my family how many, how many present settings we've already had, three or four, where we've sat down with different parts of the family and given gifts. But you know what, I, I, <clears throat> I like to get gifts, but I, I think in, in my, at my age right now, I, I love to give them more than I like to get them. There's something pretty cool about giving gifts. However, I have time. Let me tell you about this cool gift I got. Can I? Y'all want to hear this story? It really is pretty incredible. I'll I'll try to give you the, the abbreviated version of it. About three weeks ago, Angie and I went up to Northwest Arkansas, Pinnacle Mall, to do shopping for the kids. And and so we walked all through. It's cold outside. We walked outside through all those different stores and bought certain gifts. And then we ended up in Dillard's up there. And Miss Angie said to me, I'm going to be a while <laughs> in here. <clears throat> now, it, it takes me 10 minutes to walk through the whole store. I said, well, how long, babe? She said, oh, probably an hour. I said, okay. There's a gun store. I thought, Thought y'all'd get a bigger kick out of that than that, but there's a gun store over in Springdale that I enjoy going to, Ozark Armory. I said, I'm I'm gonna run over there and I'll I'll be back in a, in an hour. And so I took off, went over there, and I, anybody ever been in Ozark Armory in Springdale? It's pretty pretty good, cool gun store. So I've been there numerous times and I know how it's laid out. I walk in the door and I was amazed. There's very few people in there, which is good for me because they're not in my way and I can see all the guns in the counter. And so I got this routine, I'll, I'll go through the whole store, get counters all the way around, and I'll look at all the guns, and then I'll go back through and, and make sure I didn't miss any, and really look at the ones that caught my attention. And so I'm walking through, and, and I spot this gun down in the, the bottom cabinet around the corner. I've only heard about this gun. I've, I've never actually ever seen one or held one. It, it is... It is it, Incredible gun. It's a CZ Checkmate Parrot. Special. West, they only make 10 a year. And only five are sent to the United States. So for this store to have this gun is incredible. And, and I look and I ask the guy, is this what I think it is? And he said, yeah. They say, Can I please hold it? <laughs> it's a holy grail of guns. And, and so he pulled it out and he allowed me to look at it and I racked it. That trigger is a pound and a half. Christmas trigger, and it's a beautiful gun, and I'm just falling in love. I think it's the coolest gun I've ever seen, and, and so sure enough, I've, I'm back within an hour, and Angie's still not finished, so I'm sitting there in, in Dillard's on a display rack, and I'm just sitting there, and all these ladies are walking around, and guess what I'm doing? I'm looking CZ Checkmate Parrots on my phone. I'm, reading all about them. We, we leave the store, and Angie, Angie says, well, what did you find over there? I said, 
I found the most incredible gun. It's my dream gun, baby. And, and let me tell you what I'm already doing. This is the way my mind processes. I'm already thinking, okay, how in the world can I acquire this gun? Which, which of my guns in my safe can I sell to get this gun? You know, it's like the guy that, that found the, the treasure in the field. What can I get rid of to buy the field so I can have the treasure? I'm already processing that and thinking about it. So I don't know, I, I don't know why she did, but Angie started researching on her phone and all the way home from, from Northwest Arkansas, she was reading about this, this gun. I think she fell in love with it too. <laughs> so that was on a Friday. I, I dream about this gun. Isn't this funny? I dream about this gun. And so I wake up the next morning, it's Saturday, and I, I always come to the church on Saturday, work on my sermon. And during my break, after I spend spiritual time intensely into God's Word, I have a little break, and I'll think about this gun, all right? <laughs> so I decided, you know what, I'm going to call them and ask them a few more questions because I think I've figured out exactly what guns in my safe I can sell to buy this gun. And so I call him up, and I'm talking to the guy, and he's telling me all about it, and then he says this, but let me tell you, I just sold that gun this morning. My exact words were, you got to be kidding me. Because <laughs> they only make 10 of them, only five of them are sent to the United States. You got to be kidding me. He said, no, sorry. <laughs> that was 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. I met Miss Angie over at the egg. We drove separately, and she got out of her car, and I got out of my truck, and I was <laughs> literally, no lie, Angie, right. I mean, she, she commented on this. She said, what is wrong with you? They sold the gun. She said, what? I said, they sold that gun, and I'd figured out how I could buy it, and they sold it. She said, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Grow up, man. <laughs> so I moped around for several days. In fact, I had to leave the next day to go to Nashville to this, this board meeting. And, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, Mason, I'm in terrible shape. I'm just super <laughs> depressed. Now, I'm adding a little bit to this. Not really. <laughs> so we have Christmas yesterday at my house, and Angie says, here, I want you to open this gift up first. And so I opened it up, and guess what was in it? It, it was a Christmas ornament that was a parrot. <laughs> because that's what this gun is called. It's called the CZ Checkmate Parrot because of the different colors on it. And Angie gave me a little parrot Christmas ornament. I said, well, thank you, but thanks for rubbing that, you know. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then she let me open this other gift, this big old gift. And guess what was in it? It was the gun. It was the gun. Can, can you believe it that my wife called them Saturday morning and she said, I guarantee you, you're going to get a call here in the next hour from my husband. <laughs> you tell him this gun is sold. And while I was in Nashville, she went up there and bought it. Can you believe I have a rock star wife? <laughs> Miss, wow, thank you, Miss. I told her, I said, babe, that, that is the best gift I've ever, ever been given. 
you know what? When, when you think about it, yeah, Christmas is all about giving gifts, and we love to buy them, we love to give them, we love to get them. But more than that, it's about God's gift. And really, it's about what we give back to Jesus. He has given us such joy that we understand with our heads, it's flowed down into our hearts. It needs to find expression through our hands as we release our treasures to God. Joyless people are stingy, selfish people. And giving should reflect our worship as we understand who Christ is. Who is Christ? He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the Savior of the world. And these wise men, they understood that. Their heads understood who this was. Their hearts were filled with joy. So what did they do with their hands? They gave him treasures. Three of them are identified in our passage. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold is a gift fit for a king. In their land, it was fitting to approach a king with a gift of gold. I don't think they really understood they were doing this, but as they gave their gift of gold, they were affirming that Jesus was and is indeed king of kings. And he is Lord of lords. And that's what that gold represented. The, the second gift they gave was frankincense. This was a costly perfume used in temple worship, used in incense. They didn't really understand or know it, but they were affirming that our Jesus is the great high priest. And then they gave myrrh. It's a weird gift right here. It's like giving somebody a coffin for Christmas. This is a burial spice. Perhaps they did not understand what they were doing, but when they gave Jesus myrrh, they were affirming that he indeed is Savior of the world and that he indeed would die on a rugged cross and that he indeed would shed his blood for the remission of your sins. He is Savior of the world. Listen to me, church. Joy, love, and giving all go together. It's a package deal. Now, now at the risk of sounding too Christmas cardish, I want you to look again at verse 12. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Here's what I got to say about that. When you experience Jesus Christ in this way, you can never go back the way you came. He changes everything. Jesus changes everything. Have you allowed him to change you? You know, he does it from the inside out. Your mind, right now, your mind is understanding that, yes, God does love me. That Jesus is the only way to heaven. In order for me to be saved, I, I need to admit that I am a sinner because I am. I must believe that Jesus is the only one who can save me from my sins because he is. And I must confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. You understand that in your head. Let your heart experience it today. Let the joy of the Lord 
move into your life. Let him be the satisfaction for your soul. And as a result of that, live the rest of your life giving this great gift in this light to a dark world. I can't think of a better place and a better time than on Christmas morning than for you to come and present your bodies as a living sacrifice to God. Jesus gave everything to you. Why don't you give your life back to him? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and close your eyes. Praise team is going to come and we're going to sing a verse of invitation. And then I'm going to give you an opportunity to come. Maybe, maybe to bring your family up here and thank God for his great gift, the gift of Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you need to receive Jesus as your Savior. We'll help you do that. Maybe you're here today and you've got problems you want to ask him to help you with. He wants to do that. But more than anything, maybe you just want to come up here and praise the Lord for the great gift of joy that he's given to you. Don't leave this place the same way you came. Let God do something special in your life right now. Heavenly Father, move in this service as only you can. I pray that your Holy Spirit would draw people to Jesus this morning. Dear Lord, may our altars be full of individuals and families coming to present their lives and their family as a gift of sacrifice to you. Do something awesome in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed? Miss Angie's going to sing. Would you come and pray? Hey, as soon as you stood up, come on. I, I know we've got a full house today. That's okay. That, that everybody else needs to come too. <laughs> in fact, we all need to come. So as Miss Angie sings, come. Give praise to the Lord this morning. Come, thank him. Come, ask him for his help in your life.
We started the service with a big hand to Jesus. Let's give him another one right now. Jesus, we love you. Thank you. Thank you guys for being here today. Uh, Just a couple of reminders. When you walk out the door, make sure you drop your offering in one of those black boxes. And as you walk out, you're going to notice on the far wall, there's a couple of tables set up. Candy canes are all over the table, and we've got a white bearded man back there. And he's going to be giving candy canes out to everyone, especially the kids. So parents, make sure that you bring your kids over to Santa and get a candy cane. The rest of you, we want you to have one too. Don't leave without getting a Christmas candy cane. Will you do that? Also, church offices are closed this week. If you need something, call me. Uh, No service this Wednesday night, but we will have church next Sunday morning. Bobby Driscoll, a longtime member of Cavanaugh Church, has passed away. Her funeral is going to be Wednesday at 11 right here at Cavanaugh Church. And I've got a family coming up on the stage right now with Brother Jason. They have uh, completed uh, the Connect class for Cavanaugh Church. And I want to introduce to you today a wonderful couple, Joe and Joy Ragsdale. These are awesome people. Give them a big hand. <laughs> wonderful, godly people. They love the Lord. And uh, I love it when I'm preaching and, and you're saying amen, buddy. Keep, keep that up, oh, would you that's, do? That's just the Lord talking. That's there you go. I love it, man. They want to make Kavanaugh their home church. So if you joyfully receive them into our fellowship and promise to pray for them and love on them and allow them to minister with you in the kingdom's work, let them know it with a big amen, amen. and round of applause. Fantastic. God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Love you too. God bless you. You know what? I love y'all. This is awesome, man, isn't it? It's great to have you all here today. How many of y'all enjoyed the candlelight service last night? You know, here's something I learned. I, I learned this. For a service to be really good, it does not have to be long. I learned that last night. I'll probably forget it by the end of this week, but I want you to know it. I did learn it. Hope you have a great Christmas day. God bless you. Go get a candy cane.